good to be here in God's house this morning, isn't it? When we left Monmouth, we had several inches of snow, and I didn't think I'd make it in. Um, but yeah, there were cars sort of like skidding and police cars everywhere. So, um, and you drive into Abergavenny and there's nothing, and usually it's the other way around. Right, okay. If we could have the first slide, Ken, please. I want us to talk on this morning, what is a game changer? And it's a term often used uh, in today's conversation. Oh, that was a game changer. Oh, you'll never guess, it was a real game changer. And I'm not talking about football now, but I'm just talking about general things. It's a game changer. It's used in business. It's used in sport, charities, the work that they do, they are real game changers because they, uh, as I say, the work they do, they um, work to get water to uh, stricken countries, to areas that they have no water or easy access to. So for me, they are game changers. And uh, I'm sure we can all think about people who we know who are game changers, either in our lives or people that we see on social media or in TV, they are game changers. They make a difference. If we could have the next slide up, Ken, please. Telephones. Telephones. Now, we were driving in, as I say, through snow this morning, and I said to Phil, look at those guys. There were three guys walking along a very snowy path and they all had no gloves on, <coughs> but their mobile phones were out like that. And they were walking along, not looking where they were going, but they had their mobile phones out in front of them. And I'm thinking, oh man, <coughs> they'll be falling soon. But if you look at the first, uh, the first picture of the telephone, it's quite, some of you may not realize it, but it was one of the first phones that came out, and it was a real game changer in that day. You know, it made people's lives easier. They could actually talk to someone in another part of the country. They would get through to an operator who would help them. The next phone was when I was growing up and it was in my house. And it was the, the dial telephone. And if on some of those numbers you had to really turn the dial around and wait for the dial to go back. And then you'd have to turn another number and you'd have to wait for it to go back. And you could be ages just trying to dial a number. But it was good. And Alexander Bell <coughs> was the ori original person who developed the telephone. But he was a game changer. He changed everybody's life. And then we have the all singing, all dancing mobile phones. And you'll see people who actually, they go around with their mobile phones looking at it. Their life is in the mobile phone. They've got all their friends' addresses, the telephone numbers, where they live, everything is in that piece of tech. They can talk to anyone in the world. You can even see people as you're talking to them. Amazing stuff, a real game changer. And, <coughs> excuse me. Then we've got the car, so if I could have the next slide, Ken. And I don't know if you can see the first one, but that was a Mercedes. And that was a Mercedes, the one uh, that we all know today who produced the cars for the high-end luxury side. But yes, that was the, the Mercedes. 
I'm not sure if you sit in it or slide in it. I'm just not sure. And then you have what most people know today as the car with the most tech on board, Tesla. And uh, it's one that doesn't need fuel, just charging. You just plug it in and it charges and off it goes. Phil and I were um, pulled into a service station a couple of weeks ago and when we were due to go on holiday and there were a line of Teslas just all queuing up for the charging point. And Phil and I drove into a by a fuel pump, filled the car up and off we went in a couple of minutes. So I'm not too sure how high tech the Tesla is, but it, it, they say it's good. Next one. Who's been watching the World Cup? <coughs> a few hands went up then. <laughs> well, I'm sure some of you were watching it last night. Um, it's the talking point in most conversations. It's on newspapers, TV, social media. It's everywhere. And we've watched most games in our house. And you may or may not have heard Phil's commentary uh, in your homes. He was sat in our home. And I was saying to him, keep the noise down. Keep the noise down. We were actually flying um, again a couple of weeks ago, and I think it was one of the first Welsh games. And we were flying in the night, so the plane lights were dimmed down. Everybody had a blanket over them sleeping. And all of a sudden, you heard Phil shout out, who was watching the game, wide awake, come on, you can do it. <coughs> and I thought, we're going to be thrown off a plane. They're going to have to drop us down somewhere and throw us off. But he's not quiet. But if you think about it, a football manager will tell you that if they have a game changer on their team, they're in with a chance of winning. Someone who can change circumstances, someone who can make changes. Who's a game changer in your life? It may not be football, it may not be cars, although I'm not too sure how we could survive without them. But who's a game changer in your life? And the meaning of a game changer is someone who brings significant change and or makes a significant difference. So that should narrow it down a little bit. What changes would have happened in history that affect us today, the phone, the car, um, and the football? Um, but we're coming up to Christmas, and if you think about what affects your life today, 2022, what a year. It's been lots of good things, some very difficult things. Um, but if you think about the calendar, think calendar, think Christmas, think Christ. Christ is, put, Christ is the reason for the season, if you like. And for me, I, I suppose I just want to make a statement this morning is that for me, Jesus is my game changer. He's changed my life. He's changed my circumstances. He's changed so much. And he wants the best for me and he wants the best for you. So I just want to encourage you this morning that Jesus is your game changer if you want him to be. If you invite him in, he'll come in and he'll make such a difference. Madonna when she was growing up, she said, Jesus Christ was like a movie star, my favorite idol of all times. 
You may not think that now, but at one time she thought that Jesus Christ was like a movie star to her. Napoleon Bonaparte, French military um, commander, he said, I know men, and I tell you that Jesus Christ is no mere man. H.G. Wells, science fiction writer, said, I'm a historian, I'm not a believer, but this penniless preacher from Galilee is definitely the center of history. So if you think about people who didn't believe in Jesus Christ, and yet they still realized that he was someone special, he was a game changer. And then you've got an American athlete called Gabby Douglas, and she says that Jesus plays a huge role in my life. It's a kind of a win-win situation. My prayers go up and the blessings come down. So it was really important to her. Prayers go up, blessings come down. So I want to look at, <coughs> at game changers for specifically this time of year. Wise men. And we never think about the wise men at any other time. I don't know if you, you might do, but I don't. It's only when I come up to Christmas and I see Christmas cards and pictures. And you read scriptures, yes. But you have more to think about them and more to do with them at Christmas time, the wise men. So if we can have Matthew 2, verses 1 to 12 up, please. <clears throat> and we'll just read quickly through this. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod. And Magi, priests or wise men from the east, came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who'd been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he'd called together all the chief people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him too. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. In Matthew 2, the story opens with, I think, one of the most famous journeys in the Bible. The journey of the wise men to visit Jesus. The wise men were searching for the king. The journey would have taken weeks and weeks. They couldn't jump into a car and um, get on their way and be in Jerusalem in a couple of hours. They had to get the camel from the garage and they had to go use camels to go on this lengthy journey. The star, it was a supernatural star. It wasn't any star. If you go out in the night, in the evenings, and you look up in the sky, and you think, I'm going to follow that star, you just can't follow it. It's way, way, way out of the Earth's atmosphere. But this 
star, the supernatural, and it was able to lead the wise men. When they arrived, they asked everyone where Jesus, King of the Jews, was being born. And Herod didn't know. <clears throat> Excuse me. Herod gathers all the religious leaders, asking them where this baby is to be born. And a question the wise men could answer because they had a GPS location. They had the star and they had previous scriptures or prophecies that were saying where Jesus was to be born. They could have gone back, but they just kept on going and going. And they found Jesus with Mary, his mother. These details provide us, I suppose, a little bit more details about how old Jesus was. He was a child, not a baby. The wise men visited a home, not a stable. And as the wise men go into Mary's home, they fall down. They see Jesus and they fall down and they worship him. Nothing got in their way on their journey from A to B. Nothing stopped them. The distance to travel? Nope. Unknown location? Nope. The troubled people in Jerusalem? No. They had discovered that Jesus was the game changer for humanity. He was that amazing, my friends, this morning. And do we understand, is that why we're here this morning? Because Jesus is such a game changer. Do we understand that Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords? They had a desire to worship the king. And the wise men set off on an amazing journey. Journey was a journey of sacrifice. Traveling, different than it is today, as I've just said. They couldn't jump on a, a, a hop in a car or a hop on a plane. They, and arriving a few hours later, the traveling was lengthy. It was very tiring. And it was dangerous. And we don't know how they traveled, but the fastest way, we assume at that time, was on camels. Um, but it wasn't the most comfortable ride. I don't know if any of you guys have ridden a camel. I haven't. I'm not sure I would like to. I've seen some people get up on a camel, and, and that's good with me. They can ride their camels. That's great. Desert weather, not good. Different, very hot in the day, very cold in the night. Maps incomplete, roads not developed. Thieves, bandits around. The journey was uncomfortable, inconvenient, time-consuming. It must have taken months and months. The wise men sacrificed the comfort of their home. Think a moment. What is God calling you to maybe get you out of your comfort zone? Just think a moment. Your comfort zone. 30 minutes less in bed in the morning to pray and read your Bible to get to know Jesus more. The number one game changer. Could it be to approach people after the service on a Sunday morning, the new people, and start a conversation with them that Chris is encouraging us to do? Does that turf us out of our comfort zone? Maybe. Wise men, they went on a journey of faith. Can you imagine their friends asking them, where are you going exactly? Don't know. How will you find what you're looking for? Don't know that either. 
How long will you be gone? Um, don't know. Wow, for wise men, you don't know very much, do you? And they didn't. But the wise men didn't have a lot of information in front of them. But what they did have, they knew that Jesus, King of the Jews, was being born. And they took action. They had faith. It was a sign from God announcing that Jesus was going to be born. They were wise men, well off. And if you think about it, for the period of this journey, they wouldn't have been able to earn any money. There were no manufacturing organizations that they could have joined to earn interim money. But they bought expensive gifts. And when they entered the home, they fell down and they worshipped him. Do you know we don't have to wait months and months to worship Jesus this morning? We can just say, Lord, I worship you. I'm going to fall down and I'm going to worship you. There was a journey of obedience. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return the way they came, they left for their own country and went another way. And it's the first command we know that they received from God. They could have made a lot of excuses for disobeying. Mm, perhaps running, returning back through Jerusalem. It's the fastest way back. That's the way we came. It's the fastest way. Herod seemed genuine. He seemed a nice guy. He wanted to come and worship the king. He seemed okay. Yeah, we can. there's nothing stopping us going back and telling him that... Um, where Jesus is. It was just a dream. We only imagined it that we shouldn't go back and tell Herod. It was just a dream. But they knew what God had told them to do. They listened. And this gave Joseph time to get his family out. And they trusted God. They trusted God because they'd, they'd read the scriptures but not only that, they knew about prophecy. They were reading, learning. And I want to say that if you read the newspapers today, you know what's happening. If you read scripture, you know why it's happening. Yeah, it's important that, yeah, in, we read in the newspapers and we have all the headlines. Some of it is true. Some of it may not be as true as it should be. And yet we read scripture and it gives us the background and the why and the wherefore and the what. So I would encourage you this morning just to keep reading your scriptures. And if you think about it, ships don't sink because of the water that's around them. It's the water that gets into them that takes the ship down. So again, I want to encourage you to read your scripture, to not let any stuff, any rubbish or anything that shouldn't get in, um, into our hearts and into our minds. Just think about, think about what Jesus is saying to us this morning. Sometimes we want, um, we're trying to find peace and we don't look in the right place. And peace doesn't come from finding a lake with no storms. So in your Christian life, you can't think, I want peace. I, I, I want to have a quiet time. I, you get peace by bringing Jesus in the boat, by inviting Jesus into your life, by, by building a relationship with him and by reading his scripture. 
please bear with me on this, but I've been talking about Jesus as the number one game we change at. And I've also asked the question this morning, are we a game changer? Are you a game changer? I sometimes don't think I am. I think I go for the comfortable, comfortable way. A burglar broke into a house one night, shone his flashlight around, looking for valuables, when a voice in the dark said, Jesus knows you're here. The burglar nearly jumped out of his skin, clicked his flashlight off and froze. <coughs> when he heard nothing more, <coughs> excuse me, when he heard nothing more, he shook his head and continued. And just as he pulled out the stereo so that he could disconnect the wires, clear, clear as a bell, he heard, Jesus is watching you. Startled, he shone the lights around frantically again, looking for the source of the voice. Finally, in the corner of the room, his flashlight beam came to rest on a parrot. <laughs> Did you say that, he hissed at the parrot. Yes, the parrot confessed. Then squawked, I'm just trying to warn you that he's watching you. The burglar relaxed. Warn me, huh? Who in the world are you? I'm Moses, replied the parrot. <laughs> Moses, the burglar laughed. What kind of people would name a bird Moses? The kind that would name the Rottweiler Jesus. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's how this family actually believed, how strong the name of Jesus was. It was for the Rottweiler, and I'm not saying Jesus is a Rottweiler this morning, so please don't... Don't um, think about that. But what I'm saying is that the name of Jesus is strong. He is a game changer. He cha as I said, he changes circumstances. He changes lives. He changes anything that in our lives that we just go to him and say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. You are my game changer. And I just want to just maybe widen our thinking this morning about Jesus being that game changer, what he's done for you in your life, what he's done for me, what has he done? God will bless you more than you could ever ask or think. Think about the disciples when they were out in the boat and they were trying to fish. I nearly said they were fishing, but they were trying to fish and they caught nothing, nothing at all. And Jesus came game changer and they caught so many fish they called out to Jesus and they caught nets full of fish after fish after fish even though Jesus is a game changer he's my game changer I believe that God also wants us to be game changers that we follow him just like the wise men they went into the home of Mary and they bowed down and they worshipped him Is Jesus the center of your Christmas? Just think about that. It's turkey, lights, presents, family. Um, oh, and Jesus. But Jesus wants to be the center. He wants to be number one. I want to leave you with this question to think about. On Christmas, we give and receive many gifts. 
but Christmas is supposed to be celebrating Christ's birthday. So what gift can we give to Jesus this Christmas? What can you give? What can I give, Sue? Sue, what can you give to Jesus this this Christmas? Um, um, The wise men gave their gifts. God gave his son, John 3.16. Jesus gave himself unselfishly for us. Mary gave her praise when she knew that she was going to be the mother of Jesus, King of the Jews. She poured out her praise. It was a gift she gave. We can give that gift this morning. As Rob was leading us in worship, he was encouraging us to worship, to praise. That's part of our gift to Jesus this morning. There are certainly things that we can give to God in celebration this year. Christmas 2022 may have been a difficult year for somebody, for many. May have been a really good year, but God's been in the boat with us. God's in your boat, guys. You haven't got to look for, "Mm, I'm going to look for calm waters here. I want to see a calm lake, a calm river. He's in the boat with you. He's your number one game changer. A game changer is a kind of person that when their feet hit the floor in the morning, the devil shouts out, oh no, they're up. (laughs) And I wonder, do we actually have that effect on this world, in our fellowship, excuse me, in our street? Oh no, they're up. Or do we just saunter out of bed? God is saying he wants us to be a game changer. Make an impact. The wise men came to worship him. They sacrificed their time and energy. They inconvenienced themselves. They presented him with special gifts. What do we offer? Worship, praise, availability, having a conversation with a newcomer at the end of the meeting. Wow. We can give the very best that we've got because he's given us the very best. Jesus is our game changer. He's changing our lives, blessing us, healing us, giving us favor to be part of his kingdom and to follow him. He's saying, wake up, guys, be a game changer for me. So how do you get to know Jesus, the game changer? How do I become a game changer? I don't want to coast along anymore. I don't want to just take the easy route. I want Jesus in the boat with me. But I want to move. I don't want status quo. I don't want to stay the same. And even though sometimes it's hard, Jesus is saying, I'm in the boat with you guys. I'm in the boat with you, Sue. So I just want to leave that with you this morning. Is that, is Jesus your game changer? Has he done so much in your life that you hold him, that we bow down and we worship him? Do we want to be a game changer? Amen. That was a fantastic word for us.
this Sunday morning. Why don't we stand, take a moment.